Hello everybody, this is Devin Boker, and you are listening to The Wildlife, a member-supported podcast about the natural world and how to protect it, and a non-profit inspiring hope of a green and just future through open access to the natural world. If you'd like to learn how to support our organization, you can do so following the link in the episode notes to patreon.com slash thewildlife. As we gear up for the release of our carnivore ecology episode, we feel it's important for you to have an opportunity to get a chance to know this week's guest, Dr. Mariella Ganchoff. She's an ecologist at the intersection of theoretical and applied ecology, currently working on landscape and quantitative ecology in relation to conservation and management of terrestrial wildlife. A lot of her current research involves working to understand wildlife use of natural and developed landscapes, range expansion of recolonizing species, something we'll talk about in the carnivore episode, how sex-specific differences can influence conservation and management, and the interactions between humans and wildlife, something that is becoming increasingly important in today's world. Specifically, she often works on species distribution, landscape connectivity, population and metapopulation dynamics, carnivore ecology and behavior, applied conservation science, community ecology, and citizen and community science, which is another way of saying she does it all. Dr. Ganchoff is currently a postdoctoral researcher at the Global Wildlife Conservation Center, formerly known as Campfire Program in Wildlife Conservation, at the State University of New York where she investigates aspects of population and the spatial ecology of recolonizing black bears in human-modified landscapes, in collaboration with the Missouri Black Bear Project and the Missouri Department of Conservation. In addition, she also researches cougar range expansion that's primarily going to be the focus of the carnivore episode, for reasons we will explain, uh, in the eastern U.S., and she supports researchers investigating wolf potential distribution and mortality sources in North America, something that's personally close to home for me. Among other topics, Dr. Ganchoff is also a part of the Jaguar Network, an NGO focused on the conservation and restoration of the jaguar as well as its habitats in northern Argentina. And her past research and projects involve a variety of topics, things like land use impact on mammal communities, invasive herbivore effects on native carnivores, quantifying exotic species richness in protected areas, all kinds of stuff, just endless. Because again, Dr. Mariella Ganchoff does it all. So enough about her from me, let's hear about her from her. Well, have you always been interested in science? Well, um, since I can remember, I've always been uh, very curious about the natural world, um, interested in how how things work and nature in general, learn about, you know, animal plants, uh, the universe, the earth. It wasn't just uh, animals, although it was uh, the thing that I was most interested in. Sure. But growing up, um, I didn't really fully understand about science as a career although I was interested in, in it. So it really hit me and when, when I watched Jurassic Park when I was six or seven years old. 
um, I watched it and it, it blew me away. And I was like, oh my God, that's what I want to do. I want to be a paleontologist. That was when I was in um, primary school, you know, first grade, second grade. Mm -hmm. um, and then when I got a little older, I got really interested in astronomy and the universe and the planets and the galaxies and stuff. And at that point, I didn't know biology was a career. Mm -hmm. And it, was, it wasn't until high school that I realized that you could study biology as a research career. Mm -hmm. um, and that's when I shifted towards biology, which was always my favorite topic in school. Mm -hmm. uh, and the things I always love nature documentaries and things like that. So it, it really just clicked for me that, that that's what I, what I wanted to, to study. Sure. You know, you know, you spoke to something that, um, and as we're doing so many of these kind of back to back, we're noticing these really common threads. Um, yeah. And what's funny is yesterday we, we talked to somebody about quakas and, and she's a paleobiologist and was talking about Jurassic Park a little bit being an inspiration, but not really realizing that those things were real careers. And, um, you know, that's in, in part, that's kind of one of our goals is to kind of expose like, hey, these things are out there. You can do them too, that, that kind of thing. Um, oh, yeah, for sure. And it's so important because you can't really consider it as a career if you don't even know it exists. Yeah. yeah. What, what strikes me is kind of, um, I don't know if I would say concerning, but just kind of odd is, is how frequently that that is the, um, that is, you know, that's, that's the story. Um, so often, I mean, I think about half of the interviews that we've done lately have been people saying, you know, I, I originally, you know, I loved animals, so I wanted to be a vet. And then I started going to school for that and realized that really wasn't it for me. But then I discovered biology or I discovered right, biology. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, so it's where's really, the disconnect yeah. where we're not communicating <laughs> all of these amazing things with, with people yeah. while they're in school and stuff. So I think in general, people associate uh, when you're in school and you have science classes, you think about studying those things, but only to be uh, in education, which mm -hmm. of, there's nothing wrong with that. But I think... Uh, maybe it would be important to emphasize only also the research aspect of it, not only the education part of it. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. So what, what brought you to carnivore ecology? So, you know, like I said, I decided that I wanted to study biology. This was in the University of Buenos Aires in Argentina. And when I started, I originally wanted to do zoology. Um, and then uh, while I was doing my classes, I had my first ecology class. Um, which, by the way, ecology is studying the relationships of, you know, species with each other and their environment. Mm -hmm. And I just never looked back. It really clicked <laughs> for me that that was what I wanted to do. You know, indirectly, it was always what I liked, but I never again, I didn't know there was a whole branch of biology specifically, you know, focused on that. Yeah. Um, so I studied, um, like I said, biology, I focused in animal ecology mm -hmm. and I always had a soft spot for mammals you know the fuzzy creatures but um I also had a soft spot for carnivores and I think um I don't actually have a, a good justification why but I think it's a very common human experience you know there's definitely something between humans and carnivores that is just widespread among cultures and around the world you know mm -hmm. carnivores are very charismatic and they're symbols you know you can have jaguars and lions the symbols of power or you have foxes symbolizing cleverness or you have the mama bear for family and protecting your family and things like that so 
even as pets, you know, the two most common pets in the world, cats and dogs, are carnivores. So again, there's definitely something there that is just common well, on the human experience, I think, that we are fascinated by these creatures. Uh, of course, it's one thing to be fascinated by them, and another thing is to want to be a scientist and do research on them, um, which is what I wanted to do. But my research doesn't actually start with carnivores or even mammals. Um, when I was finishing my... Uh, undergraduate degree, I couldn't find actually opportunities to do work with um, carnivores in Argentina. And mm -hmm. this was like 10 years ago, by the way. So I started working on a lab that did something that I was also really interested in, which was uh, animal behavior, but on birds. And I worked on that for a couple of years. It was really interesting um, work. But after a couple of years, um, you know, I had to decide if I wanted to keep working on birds or if I wanted to try again and work with mammals. Um, so after looking for a long time, I finally found an opportunity to do a master's in the carnivore ecology lab, which was at that point at Mississippi State University. And it was a really cool opportunity because I could do field work in my own country, in Argentina, mostly in Patagonia. And, but the coursework and the degree were from Mississippi State University. So it was really interesting, you know, doing fieldwork in my country, but doing studying in the U.S. Mm -hmm. um, and that basically kickstarted my whole, my whole carnivore ecology journey, you know, the strong shift from birds to mammals, particularly carnivores. Sure, sure. Yeah, I was looking through uh, a lot of your stuff and, and some of the work that you were doing, or really all of the work that you were doing um, in Argentina just looked really 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 interesting really fascinating stuff yeah yeah it's really interesting um i've done things with uh carnivores but also other stuff uh, with herbivores uh mostly invasive herbivores a lot of um, wild boar european hare uh studying uh, mammal communities in protected areas and the effect of different land uses so pastures and forestry on both the native and exotic mammal community in different areas and just looking at what really promotes biodiversity or not. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, yeah, very interesting stuff. What advice would you give to a younger you, knowing what you know now, what you've learned, the experiences that you've had um, for, for getting into the field? Yeah, um, I think the main one would be don't be afraid to contact people and ask them for advice and ask them for their experience and what their job is actually like um, to send that email. Don't wait for things to be posted online opportunities, you know, just send an email and be like, Hey, uh, I really like the research that you're doing. Is there any chance I can be uh, a part of it? And just in general, just don't be discouraged when things don't work out. Um, keep trying to make those connections and trying to maximize uh, chances to find opportunities. And also look at what skills are highly valued. Um, it can be field skills, but it can also be stats. It could be programming. It can be GIS analysis. You know, try not to be too narrow um, in your skills and your search. And, and, you know, when you're young, you're just starting out. So basically trying to maximize your chances. Um. There, there is a, another thing that we want to ask, and that is, um, so we started a book club this year. Okay. Monthly, we've been picking two books. So, uh, and that's more recently. We have two books that we do kind of simultaneously, um, a social justice related book, um, especially if it's in some way related to the environment or something, um, and then science and nature books. 
And um, as such, we're kind of just asking um, all of our guests, if you have any recommendations for books that people in the book club might be interested in reading or that we might use at some point as one of our main books. Right. So I think I have two book recommendations and I don't know if they'll be like a perfect fit for the book club, but I just think they're interesting. Mm -hmm. um, one is called uh, Carnivore Way. And this one is related to all the things that we've been talking about today. And it's called Carnivore Way, Coexisting with and Conserving North American Predators. Mm -hmm. And it's from Christina Eisenberg. And it's a really good book for someone that just, um, that is not an expert and that they like wildlife, but they don't really know too much about yeah. carnivores and predators in North America. And mm -hmm. it gives a pretty wide, you know, view about everything from the biology to the, you know, their ecology, the, the history of their management in North America and their situation uh, recently. It's, um, it's for the general public, you know, it's not a technical book, even though it has a lot of research uh, backing it up. Um, I think it, it would be interesting for someone that's interested yeah. in this topic. Um, and the other one is one that I'm actually reading right now. Uh, it's called Braiding Sweetgrass and it's um, from Dr. Robin Wald Kimmerer, and she is a professor at, here at SUNY ESF, Environmental Science and Forestry College, uh, where, is, where I work. Um, and it's a beautifully written book about the integration of indigenous knowledge and Western science, and um, basically for understanding nature. Um, it's just, beautifully written, is full of wisdom, and I really highly recommend the audiobook because Dr. Kimura's voice is wonderful. Um, it's just a really, really nice book. You know, that's one that's been on my list on Audible for a while now, and I just haven't done it quite yet. Mm -hmm. so no, I, I highly I recommend it. it. And so she's a botanist, and mm -hmm. she specializes on moss, but the, the book itself is about plants in general, particularly plants and important for the indigenous communities in North America. So I just think it's, just, it's a very interesting read. That is all for this special glimpse behind the scenes. Be sure to check in in a few days for our full episode all about carnivore ecology. Bears, cougars, you name it. It's going to be great. Stay tuned. <laughs>